Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. It is the 26th of July, and I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Mornings with Carmen. And for the first time in the five years that I have been hosting Mornings with Carmen, something different happened today. Paul Perot is here, our faithful uh, faithful producer. Paul, yeah. I have no worms because it's only the early bird that gets the worms. And mm-hmm. I you have slept no in? worms today. I overslept. Yeah. I overslept. <sighs> well, let's just put it this way. Uh, just... You go for the coffee anyway, so just go for the coffee. There you go. This is going to be a caffeinated Carmen today. So hold on, people. Um, all right, Paul has no air conditioning in uh, yeah, the studio that, that where he is operating, so that's happening. Um, my guess is that something's already, like, I'm going to just describe those as things that have already gone wrong today from a human perspective, from a worldly perspective. Um, and so it's possible that something's already gone wrong for you this morning. If so, I'd love to know what that is. So you can text me, 877-933-2484. Going to be high participation today. High participation on your part today. you got to bring something to the conversation. What's already gone wrong today? And it doesn't necessarily have to be today. It could be what went wrong yesterday. <laughs> so we're going to pray about all those things today. 877-933-2484. Because you know what? This is really live radio. It really is Mornings with Carmen. And on this Morning with Carmen, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, that, um, it's the caffeinated version of me that normally exists at like 4.15. Um, and you're getting it at, you know, a little after 6. So there you go. When's the last time you overslept or what already went wrong this morning? What can we be praying about? 877 our Growing Your Faith verse of the day is one of my favorites. I mean, they're kind of all my favorite. It's like children, like, right? Oh, you're my favorite and you're my favorite. They're, they're all our favorite. Every single one of them is our favorite. And that's because that's how God is, by the way. You are God's favorite. I am God's favorite. You are God's favorite. Every child of God is God's favorite. So this is one of my favorite verses of Scripture today. It comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. As we're, um, as we're reading this, I want you to consider the fruitfulness of your life. This is a fruit inspection passage. There's a, another portion of this passage that goes on to describe the, um, the rotten fruit. We're not going to read that verse today, but you could do so. Read all of Galatians chapter 5 today. These are just verses 22 and 23, and this is the fruit. This is the fruit of the Spirit of the living God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Not against the law. In fact, uh, positive. These are positive production notes here. So a little fruit inspection this morning. And by the way, um, God expects this fruit from our lives because of the presence of his own Holy Spirit within us. So this is the fruit of the Spirit. 
These are not fruits. They're not plural. This is the fruit of the Spirit. And so the Spirit planted within a human being produces these things. This is the natural production of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a human life. So your your life is the soil. The Holy Spirit is what God pours into you. And these are the things that are produced. These This is the good fruit of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. You literally can judge my life by its fruit. Am I a person who is producing in ever greater measure love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? If so, that's evidence that the Holy Spirit is within me. If I'm not producing those things, I am either resisting the Holy Spirit that's within me, I'm like fighting against it, or it's not there at all. Like, that's really what this is about. So, um, if, if the Holy Spirit is going to produce these things, then God is these things. God is love. Therefore, love is produced when the Holy Spirit is planted within a human being. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Therefore, joy is produced. Joy abounds out of the life of a person who's filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and Jesus grants us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Therefore, a, a person who is possessed of the Holy Spirit is a person of peace, a person who sows peace in the world, a peacemaker. God's mercies are new every morning. Therefore, we are patient with others and ourselves and God. So you see how this works, right? Love, joy, peace. We're up to patience. How about kindness? Is God kind? How precious is the loving kindness of God? And those who are filled with his Holy Spirit are likewise kind to others. And God is so good. God is so good. Therefore, those who are filled with his spirit are good as well. Great is his faithfulness. Therefore, we are faithful. God is not only gentle with us. God restrains himself moment by moment. Consider the self-control that God demonstrates on our behalf. So these are the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Actually, the list could be so much longer. Think of all of the things about God that you know, his character and his ways. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. They're the fruit of the Spirit because they are the character and the ways of God, and it is the Holy Spirit of the living God in a human being that produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If God's Spirit lives within us, then we too walk in these ways. God's not expecting us to bear fruit um, that we grow ourselves. He's not expecting us to grow fruit that he has not grown and has not sown. God is expecting us to bear the very fruit sown within us by the presence of his own Holy Spirit. How cool is that? Um, all right, my, uh, my mom likes to travel back to all the places that she has lived over time. She's lived a lot of places. So if somebody were to show up today and say to you, hey, way back when, our family lived here. My people lived here. Can we look around? How would you respond to that? I have done it. Maybe you have too. What if the people who showed up um, had ancestral ties to the land where you now live? Would that change things? We're going to consider the question of whether or not we belong to a place or whether a place belongs to us. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, Jeff Bilbro is joining us today from Grove City College and Front Porch Republic. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Carmen. Yeah, I got up late today. I overslept. 
Mm-hmm. Has yeah, anything already gone? Has anything already gone wrong with your day? Or are you you skating along this morning? No, my coffee cup of coffee was good. The weather looks nice mm-hmm. here, so it's a good morning. Fantastic, fantastic. Good morning. Do we belong to the land, or does the land belong to us? To what am I pointing? Yeah, this is a really thoughtful essay, I think, by my friend uh, Ben Myers, who is a lifelong Oklahoman, uh, spent pretty much his whole life, except for a few years at college in the same town there, and and yet sort of wrestles with the extent to which uh, he is in some ways uh, relatively recent. You know, it's only his, I think his grandparents who came there, and uh tries to grapple with his responsibilities to his place, the sense in which he might be uh, owned or at least uh, a real responsibility to that particular place and thinks through um, what he hopes his his children um, also will give to that place and how they will make it uh, a better. So it's a really, I think, a thoughtful essay about one person's thinking through of how they are uh, shaped by and in turn responsible to shape the place they live. So my um, my mom grew up in what we would now call really extreme poverty. Uh, she didn't think of it that way at the time because everybody that she knew was as poor as they were. Um, but um, her dad was a tenant farmer. And so they moved a couple of dozen times before she got to high school. And one of the things that she talks about, and and having read this um, piece, and then having just heard you reflect on it a little bit, like I I should I should like interview my mom, not on oh. here, but like sit down with her and talk about the practices um, that my grandmother like employed and then taught her. So they would arrive at one of these very very small houses on the you know uh, on the outer perimeter of a piece of someone's property oh. and that would that would be their home for the season and my mom says you know we, we didn't take any everything they owned fit on one truck but she says we weren't allowed to take anything off the truck until we had thoroughly cleaned the house and my mom so my grandmother had painted rugs on all the floors oh wow and and it was like her goal to leave it more beautiful than she found it and um, and to invest in that home as long as God gave it to them. And I thought about that as I was reading this. I'm like, there is a way to live wherever you are um, as a person of dignity and to make a place a home, no matter how small it is and no matter how short a period of time you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is right. I think Ben gets that, you know, he recognizes that not everybody has the kind of gift that he's received of having multiple generations in one place that's we can't always choose that uh but we can all follow that example of your of your uh grandmother i guess and think about how we dwell in the places that we're here now in ways that will uh bless them and bless the other people who share them with us yeah, so we want you to um, to check out what uh, is posted at front porch republic in addition to this piece about um, ambiguity and belonging in Oklahoma, which I would call, do we belong to the land or does land belong to us? Um, and then a, a piece that is also posted there that I find related, at least in theme, and it's Invitations to Dwell by Carter Johnson. Um, we're going to be back in just a moment, continue our conversation with Jeff Bilbro. Um, and we're going we're gonna to talk about what, what we're filling our time with and how what we're filling our time with is filling our minds 
That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. Hey, thanks for all your text messages this morning. We'll get to them in just a moment. Um, I just want you to know I see them and prayers are rising. Uh, you can text me, 877-933-2484. What's already gone wrong today? What do you need prayer for? Who around you needs prayer today? We're talking with our friend Jeff Bilbro. You can find what we're talking about at frontporchrepublic.com. What are we filling our time with, Jeff, and and how does that affect what's you know, filling our minds. Yeah, I thought this piece by Nadia Williams was really thoughtful. You know, I think a lot of people approach the topic of how are we spending our time from a kind of utilitarian productivity perspective, and we want to maximize our efficiency and, and uh, you know, do things that will have a measurable result. But she takes a step back and, and kind of approaches it from the perspective both of being a, a homeschooling mother and of her own time uh, sitting in Greek class, uh, that, that we're always kind of exercising our minds or forming our souls, really. And uh, if, if maybe the most important things we can do might not have immediate utilitarian benefits, but might be the kind of things that form our souls and our minds. Uh, in ways that strengthen them and uh, make them more Christ-like. So even uh, something as mundane or boring as a Greek class, by cultivating that kind of close attention and um, exercising a particular mental faculty can be invaluable in in forming our character. So uh, I think she's urging us to kind of, you know, not fritter our time away on things that don't matter uh, or things that are just superficial, but she's also trying to broaden um, our sensibility regarding the kinds of things that might matter eternally. I also appreciate that she talks about like there are things that we we do because they're kind of assigned to us, or we're in a stage of life or a place where you know like we have to do certain things, and then um, you know different stages of life, those things are not required of us, and but they do become then a part of the list of choices that we make. And, that's right. um, and I think that's really good. I mean, I remember, I mean, as I'm sure everyone listening does, like there used to be assigned reading, like, right, there was an assigned reading list. You had these assignments and books were assigned to you to read and then you had to give book reports or whatever. And now um, it's a part of my job to read. I appreciate that. But then there are also those things that I choose to read. It's a part of my job to prepare for, um, you know, to prepare, to prepare to to talk together about the verse of the day. But that doesn't mean that that's all the time I'm spending in the Word of God, like, um, right? Yeah. And so 
if we're just doing the things that we're assigned at work or at school um, and we're not doing those things for our own edification, um, like I think that's part of what she's talking about as well. Like what are you when, when the things are there for you to choose? What are you choosing? Yeah. And when when we are assigned things that we could uh, kind of rush through or do in a perfunctory manner, maybe uh, we should recognize that somebody else has some wisdom there. And we should, even if we don't immediately recognize the benefit of that reading or that task, if we give ourselves to it, uh, we might enjoy unexpected benefits and come to um, come to take pleasure in something uh, that that was just a task to do. All right, Jeff, at the um, out, out the outset of the show today, I shared with everybody that, you know, <clears throat> I got up late. I overslept, which is the first time in five years of hosting this show that that has happened. So, you know, I'm a little off. But I invited them to uh, to to text in some things that, well, had already gone wrong in their day as well. Um, Jacqueline says, well, the house is prepped for painting. The downspouts are off. The primer went on yesterday um, and we're due to get rain. Much needed in Minneapolis. But there's rain due at, at uh, rain, big thunderstorm. Oh, it arrived at around 1 a.m. So it, so it rained. Yes, Jacqueline has not been to the basement yet. Yeah, Jacqueline, don't go to the basement. <laughs> just, just don't go there. Don't, don't go there yet. Uh, let's see, Jim um, had invited friends to join them at church on Sunday, and they did. So he thought he would follow up by picking up some coffees and stopping over at, um, at their house to follow up. And when he had the three iced coffees in the tray, got back in the car, and it didn't start. It's now at the shop, and he doesn't have an appointment until Friday, so he says, I'm stuck at home all week. Um, yeah, and so, of course, what was my question? Who got the coffees? Like, three iced coffees is a lot of iced coffees. Anyway, he says uh, he drank one, his wife drank one, and the other one, it melted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we get it. We get it. We get what's going on out there. Um, let's see, who was it that said, um, oh, yeah, I liked this one, and we've all been here. The lid was not sealed when I shook up my protein drink. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, like, made coffee and you didn't put the cup under the thing or you didn't put the pot under the thing? Like, I've been there. I've been there. I did, I've, I've made a, a shake and not put the top on the blender. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been there. All right. So I want to thank you, um, Jeff, as always, for being with us today. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful summer. Indeed. Our garden is growing well. Yeah. Okay. What's um? What is the har- what is the current um? What are you harvesting right now? Uh, squash, cucumbers, green beans, a few last snow peas. Still getting some salad greens. Our peppers are just coming in. Nice. So, I was I was in Harrisburg this weekend. Not very not super far from you. No. Yeah. And um and there were I learned this I didn't know this term there were some grovies there. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the mother of the bride um, graduated from Grove City in 80, well, somewhere between 84 and 86, because those were the people at a table. They were all at Grove City during that window of time. Wow. You know, all her friends from college. It was really fun. It was really fun. Great. Yeah. It's great for those, those multi-decade friendships to keep lasting. That's so good. So good, and Harrisburg was beautiful, and the state capitol was. That's they got married like at the capitol, and it was wow. it was stunning. It's a beautiful place. All right, I was going to tell you um, one of the people that I met, but of course, as I'm as I'm scrolling my phone to find my um, <laughs> oh here it is. Hold on, hold on. This is going to be the small world conversation this morning. I met Lynn 
Bashu, B-A-S-H-E-W. No? She works with Tim Sweet. Do you know Tim Sweet? I don't know. Uh, All right. Yes, I do know Tim Sweet, but I don't think I know her. I'll have to, right. I'll have to go visit her. Yeah, you're going to have to go track her down because then she's going to know okay. that I am a crazy person. I met her in the coffee line. <laughs> I know, stunning to everyone. All right, we'll let you go. Thanks, brothers, so much for being with us. We, we love, we love, uh, we just, we love our time with you. So thank you so much. Thanks, Carmen. All right. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Let's go upwards with Max Lucado. All right. Um, yes. Thank you for all of your um, encouragement here. Novia says, hey, talking about the garden yesterday, I had a day off. My kids and I went to uh, make vegetable deliveries to homebound neighbors. And Andrew Bailey had bags ready for us to deliver. Remember Andrew Bailey? Remember the college student at Auburn who um, when he got to Auburn, he asked a church in the community if they could. He and some of his buddies could plant a community garden and now it feeds the community. <laughs> How cool is that? I love that you're out there um, doing that on your day off. Um, okay, and then a number of you offering up prayers for things gone wrong. A friend who was yesterday um, out for a walk with a neighbor and a new puppy dog. Um, then, you know, she says um, how different uh, how different a day is. Um, that, that woman went, um, went home yesterday and her, uh, I believe it's her brother. I don't have the note up in front of me right this minute. Um, oh, here it is. Um, This time yesterday, we were walking her new dog and mine together, and a few hours later, her brother had a cardiac arrest and died. Things are completely different this morning for her family. Life is so precious, um, and so are the people. So we're going to pray today for Allison um, and the loss of uh, of her brother. Um, Life is precious. Um, The things that have gone wrong in my life today or in your life today— I'm hoping it, you know, is not as extreme as what has already gone wrong in Allison's life. And so let's be the people who who pick up today um, broken pieces, broken people, walk in broken places, um, just recognizing the goodness of God, um, recognizing his faithfulness. Yeah, the whole fruit of the Spirit conversation. God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, um, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Like, God is good. And... Those of us possessed of his spirit, no matter what happens, I mean, if you got up late, if the coffee pot's not working, if the car didn't start, um, if, it, if there's rain in your basement, um, God is good. And so let us be the people who respond in all circumstances with the peace that passes understanding and the joy of the Lord and his mercy new every morning. And um, let's be patient with ourselves and others. And let's be good and kind and gentle and self-controlled, Right. Um, against these, there's there's no law, uh, and God desires this harvest of righteousness in the lives of those who believe. Why? Because it's a testimony to the watching world. It's a testimony to the watching world that you and I would be um, kind and patient and gentle and faithful and good when everything around us is um, going in a different direction. So praying for you today, I trust that you're praying for me um, as well. Uh, Our friend Ruth Kramer is going to join us here in just a moment. There are wildfires um, prompting the largest evacuation in the history of the nation of Greece. So if you haven't seen this yet, you're not aware of this, uh, tens of thousands of people have fled the Greek islands of Rhodes and Corfu after fires tore past defenses on Monday. It's peak tourism season. 
Um, travelers are staying now in airports and schools and conference centers. They can't actually uh, get out of those places and they can't um, uh, and they can't fly home because the uh, most of most of the ways that you would depart are uh, closed because of the fires as well. So while wildfires are not uncommon, um, this particular this particular season in uh, in Greece is awful. And yesterday, one of the water dropping airplanes that uh, is fighting the fires crashed, killing both of the crew members on board. So want to be lifting up um, that situation, even as we continue to lift up the situation in Canada, um, where fire, wildfires are raging as well. We're going to turn our attention with Ruth Kramer to some other things going on around the world. Ruth joins us from Mission Network News, and that's next. Joining us now, Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. How are you? Well, um, I got up late. Everybody, uh, everybody already knows that. Um, and and I and so we ask people to text in like what's already gone wrong today. And I understand <laughs> that um, uh, contrary to your personal plans, you're wearing a boot. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I just got back from the national championships, masters national championships in North Carolina. And my meat did not go at all like I was planning it to go. So I, I now have a torn Achilles. It's not mm. fully ruptured. It's just there's some some tearing there that uh, means that I have to be in a boot for a while, and uh, that put an end to my meat real fast. <laughs> mm. Is it painful? Yeah, it's painful. Mm. Um, mm. But I will say this: you know, I had a uh, and God places people in your life to kind of uh, give you perspective sometimes. And my Uber driver gave me some really sound advice on just being grateful for the opportunity that my I'm healthy enough and sound enough um, to be able to race at this level at my age. Um, so I, I am grateful for that. Um, this year was a really big championship. It was a huge national meet and uh, competition was really stiff. I came away as a national finalist and I placed seventh in the country in the 100 meters. amazing. Meter, so. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. And um, the Lord, you know, tend to what needs to be now re-knit together um, inside you, which we know he's totally capable of doing. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you for being with us today. A uh, hundred days, a um, hundred days ago now, um, we talked about the beginning of what is now a war with no end in sight. Uh, what's going on in Sudan? I wish I, I had better news. Um, this is one of those situations where you have the the military, the army that is part of the government, and you have a paramilitary group, the Rapid Support Forces, who are vying for power. They're trying to get control of the country, and uh, as they are basically stalemated in their strengths, uh, it's just going on and on and on, and there's no end in sight. Um, efforts to try to broker peace deals have fallen through. Uh, you've got 3 million people who've been uprooted, 700,000 who've been displaced into other countries, and now you've seen an exacerbation of an ongoing food crisis. So it was already a difficult place, the country that was already dealing with economic crisis and food shortage, uh, food insecurity issues, um, and this war has just exacerbated that. And anything that was happening in Darfur where you might have seen some stability being reintroduced in that area, that's all fallen apart too. So it's been a situation where um, 
as 100 days passes, you know, nothing is going the way that people hoped it was going to go in terms of seeing a cessation in hostilities. Um, it's it's becoming much more complicated. It's more now than just the two sides vying for power. Um, and then with all of these other overlying, uh, these other crises overlying the top of this political situation, um, the, the the ministry partners that are working in this area are really asking us to join them in praying. Um, you've got drought on top of everything else. And, um, and because of the economic crisis, people can't continue uh, to live in Sudan. Um, our partners at the uh, uh, Middle East North Africa Leadership Center, we call it the MENA Leadership Center, brought this to our attention and just basically said, uh, join us in praying for the churches that are uh, acting as the hands and feet of Jesus in these areas, because it's a really difficult place to be anyway. They were dealing with issues of persecution. Now you have other issues of violence that are putting pressure on some of these regions, uh, and the churches are still trying to figure out the best way to respond to the people around them who are in need. That Those are the people who've been displaced. That's the refugees who are seeking shelter um, in the churches um, and, and the body of Christ that is being trained by the MENA Leadership Center maintain those relationships after the graduations. Um, so there's a network of people that are working together to try to meet some of these needs. Um, but they're asking us to join them in praying that the war would stop, that, you know, basically people would come to their senses, um, pray for the believers, that they'll stand their ground and keep their faith through a very difficult time. Mm. So many people in so much distress in so many places. Um, Ruth, could we just pause and, and pray for a moment? Would that be okay? That would absolutely be okay. Father, um, you have the whole world in your hands. And right now, you have um, a lot on your hands. Like, we just recognize that no matter where we turn our own hearts and minds this morning, we know of people in distress. And so when we look around the world at what is happening, the distress is so great, it, it, it can overwhelm us. And so we want to be mindful that you are not overwhelmed, that you do have the whole world in your hands, and that you, although you have a lot on your hands, it's not too much. Um, and that each one of these precious people who, who we see in glimpses and, and we read about in stories, you know them as intimately as you know us. You love them as deeply as you love us. You call them by name. You have a future filled with hope that you desire for them. Um, and so, Father, we would ask that by your mercy, in some miraculous way, you would bring peace, not only in Sudan, but in so many other places around the world and in our own lives, in our own communities, in our own nation as well. Grant your peace this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, sometimes, Ruth, it just I'm just like, we just got to stop and pray because it's, it's hard to turn from what's happening um, in our own lives and, and homes and communities and churches and, um, and nation and at the southern border, and then to turn our attention to what's happening um, with people in Ukraine or in this case, Sudan, or as we turn to India. Um, and it can be like, right, it can be overwhelming. And, and yet God's not overwhelmed. And I want to remind you, if you're listening right now, like the reason that we talk about these things is because all of this is on God's heart. There's, there's, 
no group of people in the world or no person in the world that God loves more than another. Like you're his favorite. And so is the, you know, so is the little child in India who we're about to talk uh, about next. And they are in much as much need of having access to, let's say, the Bible um, or to good Christian literature as you are. So let's turn our attention, Ruth, to India. What is uh, the storyline here at Mission Network News that we want to lift up today? Well, our partner is Mission Cry in this story. Um, what they do as a ministry is they repurpose used Christian books, uh, seminary helps, and Bibles, um, and then send them out to partners who are requesting the the literature um, for distribution in their countries. Uh, and in this case, the partnership w- between Mission Cry and the partners in India has been going on for over 65 years. So there's been a lot of change that the ministries have weathered together. And in this case, uh, obviously, we've seen um, a lot of pressure coming down being and being brought to bear um, with uh, the BJP, the Hindu nationalist government in India, putting pressure on ministries, uh, especially as you're bringing in outside information, outside um, resources coming from a ministry into the country. So um, this is a, a situation that was brought to our attention recently where uh, one of the contacts who receives those shipments of books, uh, used Bibles and things like that, uh, was um, threatened by a government official. Um, they sent him a message that said, if you take another shipment of these uh, containers, um, we are going to arrest you and put you in prison. And it's one of the states that has an anti-conversion law in the on the books. So what they're seeing is, you know, they're seeing um, essentially contraband being brought into the country and they're saying, we're not okay with that. So the ministry is trying to figure out how to meet uh, the, the requests of believers in India with what they have. Um, it's a situation where I think they found a workaround by uh, working with another partner who is a business owner in India. And he's taken containers in the past as well. So they're trying to to uh, bring in that shipment through another state that doesn't have the anti-conversion laws and make sure that that information, all of that stuff on that, sh- uh, that shipping container gets to the right place in India, but it'll be coming from within the country at that point from a place that um, doesn't have as many restrictions as the original um, the original port. Um, just continue to be praying because a lot of times when these shipping containers come in with thousands of pounds of resources and God's word, um, they get held up in the ports or they get extra taxes because there's an official who uh, can make a little extra money um, if they you know, increase the fees. And sometimes the little extra money is actually pretty significant. Uh, and it becomes a situation where the shipping shipping container just sits on the docks for months while they try to work out a, a way to get that released or raise the money to pay the fees or any of that kind of stuff. These are all part of just the daily, I guess, machinations that the the ministry has to deal with as they're trying to resource the body of Christ within India. So we want to be um, praying for open pathways for not only the Word of God, but for these other materials to to be able to pass through. And we thank God for opening a way where it it seemed like um, the way was closed. And so we want to be praying for um, the protection of that and preservation of that pathway. Um, We're going to return to our conversation with Ruth Kramer here in just a moment. Um, Listener Jessica 
uh, is has a family trip planned to Kenya here just in the next few days. They're traveling there for a family wedding. Um, Ruth's going to brief us in on what's going on in in Kenya, um, and it's certainly a, a cause and concern for prayer. So we're going to be turning our attention next um, to to what's happening in Kenya. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Did you know that whatever you're experiencing today, whatever you're going through, the suffering, the challenges, the questions you have, God has something to say to you about all of it? We have an ongoing Reading Through the Bible Together series at MyFaithRadio.com, and we're exploring what God says about suffering, truth, and godliness. We're reading the book of 2 Timothy together. Did you know that God has given not a spirit of fear— but that God has given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind? I mean, how cool is that? It's in 2 Timothy that God's word says of itself, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that every person um, might be complete and equipped for every good work. So I'm wondering, would you join us in reading the Bible together at MyFaithRadio.com that you might be equipped through God's word for the good works that he's prepared in advance just for you, and that you might discover that God is with you right now in whatever you're experiencing, the suffering, the challenges, the questions. God's got something to say about all of it. Join us at MyFaithRadio.com in reading the Bible together. Politicians are fanning the flames of public discontent in Kenya. We're talking with Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News. You can find all of the headlines um, that we're discussing here today, but also so much more at missionnews.org. Remember, we look at these stories because um, we want to know what our Christian brothers and sisters are facing around the world. We also recognize that uh, the whole world and everyone in it matters to God. He is concerned about them all, and so we um we want to be aware of what is happening as well. So Ruth, what is happening in Kenya and how are politicians fanning the flames of public discontent? Well, um I'm going to say this. The the protests uh kind of go in waves. Like there's an ebb and flow to this. So on one day or, or another, it may be Full of pe- the streets may be full of people who are protesting, and on other days, there may be nothing happening. Uh, so just keep that in mind as you kind of keep an eye on what's going on in Kenya. Um, but the protesters have taken to the streets to basically um, uh, to, de- to decry, I guess, the end of subsidies and, um, and rising taxes uh, because the country is dealing with a debt crisis. Um, so the protests were actually called for by opposition parties, which in also included the former presidential candidate, Raila Odinga, and his followers um, were, I guess, roused to anger because they believe that last year's election was rigged against their candidate, which furthers the mistrust in the current government that's led by President um, William Ruto. And as you had all of this stuff uh, stirring the police response to try to bring order back to the streets, uh, the police response was very harsh. um, And it led to 20 deaths this month uh, and hundreds of injuries. So 
when you have a situation like this, it's um, people are even more upset that the police response was so harsh. Uh, you have a lot of other things that where people are pointing to this is why we um, we voted this way and the election was stolen from us. Um, so you still have a lot of tension going on in the capital city. Um, in this situation, we spoke with our partners in at Transworld Radio, and um, we were told that uh, the staff was still continuing to work to produce the programs, to produce uh, the things that uh, they they re- the content that they released to their listeners. Um, but they were all working from home because when you have a situation like a protest, it disrupts the transport system, and people either get stranded in the office and can't get home, or they just can't get to work. Um, mm. But the fact is that Transworld Radio is still continuing to work because people need to hear the hope of Christ now more than ever. They need to hear the information that is coming out on the radio. They, they trust TWR as a source of, um, of good information, and they want to know what's going on. So TWR, still on the air, still maintaining the programs, still bringing out um, the things that people have come to rely on uh, as they're looking for um, solid information about how to deal with the things that are going on in their country. So we have uh, a listener. His name is uh, is is Joseph or Joshua. He is a pastor in Kenya. We want to lift him up today. Uh, he says um, uh, that he's listening in in Kenya. He says many uh, many people. Uh, here um, don't don't have uh, good radio, which you and I would recognize um, that uh, um, that's part of what Transworld Radio is seeking to fill the gap in. He says people are hungry for the Word of God and they want to listen to the Word of God, um, and so he's he's thanking us um, for what we're offering here through the Faith Radio app. And so uh, Joshua, just know that we. We see you, we hear you, um, we love you, we appreciate your partnership in this gospel ministry and um, continue praying for, for you and uh, in what's happening in, in your country and in your community. Um, all right, Ruth, um, the orphan crisis in Ukraine is actually bigger than we knew. Could you brief us in on this story posted at Mission Network News? Yeah, um, our partner there is Slava Gospel Association, and what they're saying is, you know, our, their, our understanding of orphans is that uh, a child has no parents, no mother, no father. They're not living, and so they were already dealing with that particular crisis, but now they're dealing with something else in addition to the traditional orphan, and that is the social orphan. Um, So now you're looking at maybe as many as 50,000 social orphans who are being neglected in their own homes. That that may be a situation where you have a parent who has a substance abuse issue or a, uh, a mom who is essentially a single mom because dad's away at the front, you know, fighting in, in the situation for liberation and for um, for the for Ukraine, um, and mom can't figure out how to do everything that she needs to do. So she may be gone all the time because she has to bring in uh, money to be able to uh, provide for the children. Or she just may not be able to do much of anything and the kids are out on their own trying to survive on their own. A lot of times what you find is sibling groups where you have an older child 
who is basically becoming the parent of his younger siblings, and they are just surviving in any way that they can. Um, kids are going for days at a time without ever actually getting a meal or having clean drinking water or basic hygiene issue um, issues uh, dealt with. And so you have kind of this new crisis of children who've been abandoned basically by their families. They have living parents, but those parents aren't functioning uh, as as we would expect them to. Um, so you have this this other thing that's weighing on top of uh, your traditional orphan crisis. And the churches in Ukraine are becoming the response to that, where they are already plugged into community and they are hearing things, you know, from people who are on the ground, from people in their communities about children who um, seem to be lacking um, your basic physical needs or basic social structure or basic anything. And so the church will um, kind of bring them into community and try to provide for some of those needs um, and open aid centers sometimes. Um, the the situation is difficult for those kids who maybe age out of the orphanage system. Um, when they, they turn 17, the kids are no longer in the orphanage system because they're considered to be adults. But, you know, consider what you were like at 17. Were you ready to uh, to support yourself. Did you know how no. to do things like, you know, buy groceries, cook dinner, live on a budget, wash your clothes, pay bills? You know, is that even was that even feasible when you were 17? Well, these kids are aging out of the orphanage system and basically, you know, handed a, a ticket that says, well, good luck. Bye. <laughs> you know, and then they're just sort of out there on their own trying to figure out how to survive in a, uh, a war situation. Uh, and a lot of them are homeless which is even more dangerous now because you've got uh, the bombs and missiles that are falling at all times in any situation, uh, in any place in Ukraine. Um, so this is the concern that SGA has brought to us. Um, the believers are expanding, the churches are expanding the programs to reach all of these orphans, the social orphans, the kids who have aged out of the system, the kids who are traditional orphans, um, as the hands and feet of Christ. Um, but obviously, we're seeing a lot of pressure on what they're able to do because you have so many more kids now than was previously uh, thought. And the money is to, to help them, to, to come alongside them, um, is being spread much thinner than it was previously because, you know, you're talking uh, uh, 14,000 uh, estimated orphanages, 190 orphanages across six countries, mm. including Ukraine, in that area and then additionally in Ukraine, 50,000 roughly uh, social orphans, according to the churches that are seeing what's happening. Um, Ruth, LinkedIn says today's your birthday. Is LinkedIn lying or telling the truth? It, today's my birthday. I age <gasps> up to the next age group. <laughs> all right, everybody. Everybody. Uh, all right. Sing together wherever you are. Wherever you are right now, uh, we're going to sing happy birthday to Ruth. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ruth. Happy birthday to you. We love you and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. That's Ruth Kramer. You can find not only the stories we talked about today, but so much more. Missionnews.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right, uh, we're going to lift up in prayer Mary Beth, who works in a children's home and school in Kigali. And we're going to lift up Wickley, who lives in Nairobi. We're going to lift up Jessica and her family, who are traveling to Kenya as well. 
um, God, God's up to something, right? Knitting us together as a community of believers and who knows what he might do. And so let's be praying today for the network of believers around the world and God's will to be done, not only in us, but through and among us as well. We got another hour together, another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.